Welcome to our Artivism Chat. Each time we talk to amazing artivists who dedicate their artwork to protect the environment. I hope you will enjoy our chats. Hi Chris, you're already here and I can already see a few people in the audience. So hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Uh, how are you? How, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Looking. I'm wonderful, thank you. Looking forward because we are all important. And hi Zoe, hi Elena, hi Lena, I see you already. That's amazing. Hi, hi it's Elena. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, oh, good. All good. Hi Lena, can you hear me? Hi. Yep, <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> awesome. So we are waiting for. Um, Norbert, um, Sadie, and Cole. So um, they should be here. On to the Artivism Chat. This is Artivism Chat number 16. Really excited and um, also so happy that we have the lovely Zoe here tonight to co host this room. And we're going to have Norbert as well, as usual, um, tonight because he's on this amazing Antarctic climate. Um, Antarctic. Yeah, an Arctic climate expedition um, with Dr. Suvial and a whole bunch of amazing um, ocean advocates. It's um, can't wait to hear more about that, and also um, hear more about um, Zoe's exhibition she just had. So it's going to be a very, very the artivist who um, used their art to protect wildlife, and we're really interested in their story, what motivates them and how they got, um, yeah, how they got into this um, environmental art. So that's um, what we're going to do here tonight. So one thing we do on Clubhouse as well is pull to refresh. That means you pull down the screen and that means you can see in which order everyone appears on stage. And that's how um, we are going to, um, that's the order we're going to go in. So um, just my name is Nina Rossiter. Um, I'm an um, artivist and um, children's book author and started this Artivism Shed about two years ago. So what we usually do is um, we're going to give a quick introduction to the other moderators. So nobody's not here yet. I'm just going to ping him in and let Zoe quickly um, introduce herself while I'm um, searching for the other <laughs> missing um, co-moderators and artists. Hiya, so I'm Zoe. Nina's very kindly invited me to uh, come and listen to you guys and just see all of the things that you do. I've looked at all of your work and it all looks so stunning, so I can't wait to hear more. Um, I've been on one of the chats previously with Nina talking about my work and since then I've done an exhibition, um, which is quite recent, so it was, yeah, it's very fresh, so it'd be very um it'll be really great to chat a little bit about that but yeah just really excited to hear more because there are some really really special pieces i was looking at um all of your work individually and i think uh well i mean they're all different aren't they so there's there's amazing bits of every one but i think chris i'm really excited to hear a little bit more about the story of your um sharks and whales in the um, in the different environments that you've put them in. So I really can't wait to hear more about that and to hear everyone else share. 
Thank you so much, Zoe. And I see Norbert, so I'll let Norbert quickly introduce himself. Um, hi, Norbert. Hi. Um, I, I'm maybe too German, so I'm on time. So sorry if I'm late to the party that has started without me. Um, my name is Norbert. Uh, I live in Germany and uh, I'm an avid scuba diver, uh, not an artist. So uh, I'm the comic relief uh, on, the, on the podium here and uh, I hope you'll have a nice evening. I started the scuba club here on, on Clubhouse a while ago and uh, always happy to uh, host with Nina and learn so much about new artists. I always leave these talks uh, smarter and thank you very much for organizing them, Nina. No problem at all. So um, how the Artivism Chat normally goes is we are asking a warm-up question which will be asked by Zoe tonight. And then we have two main questions. Um, in the first round of warm-up questions, we just quickly, um, you know, lose the nerves. We chat quickly. And after that, I will introduce you to the audience, who you are a little bit. And then the question is, um, how did you get into activism? And did you study art or were you self-taught? You felt that you are. that you had to use your voice to protect the, um, the wildlife. So that's one of the um, first major questions that we will ask after the warm-up question. And then the second round later on is just um, how can people support you? Where do you see yourself in the future? And how can people buy your art? So this is basically how we're going to go tonight. We are still waiting for Cole. I just sent him a message. I... Um, don't really want to start without him, but um, let's see um, where he is, see if he can answer me while we are, we are starting. So um, he, he unmuted now. Hi, Cole. Hi, Hi Nina. Ah, Hi I, can, I couldn't see you on stage, I'm, so perfect. I'm, I'm <laughs> awesome. on the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Clubhouse sometimes does that where, you, where people are on stage and some other people can't actually see them, so that, but that's perfect, better, better that way. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, Zoe, do you want to um, start by uh, with your warm-up question? <laughs> yeah, of course. I will actually own up to being the person that has um, made it early and ruined all of the um, wonderful organisation that Nina has put in place. So I hold my hands up and I apologise for all of the um, uh, mishaps there. Don't worry. Uh, my... <laughs> it's all it's all good. <laughs> it's good. It's good to be excited. <laughs> Yes, too keen. Um, so my warm-up question is something that I am fascinated about learning about everybody. Um, I just love learning what people's passions are. So obviously all of us here are interested in some way in art and in conservation, but can you tell us more about any other passions that you have? And we're going to start with Chris because you're first... Um here first on stage and then Alina, Lena, Sadie and Cole. So that's my order. So. Um, I, I muted you earlier so the <clears throat> sorry I'm losing my voice. The mute button or the microphone is in the right corner just um, to let you know. Bottom right. Bottom right. Uh, can everybody hear me? Yeah. Yay. Okay. Hi. <laughs> uh, I guess to answer the question um, art and, cre and creativity and, and painting and illustrating has been a passion of mine 
ever since I can remember. But uh, second passion of mine is actually I like to create uh, music and preferably when I'm not creating music, I love to DJ. I've been DJing for the last 20, 25 years and I've had the uh, lucky privilege to travel all over the globe and play and open for some pretty big acts and uh, now I just kind of do it for myself and my three dogs. So yeah, that's my that's my uh, second passion in life is music. So yeah. Sounds good. I always feel that art and music work really well together. I mean, you could highlight art and like amazing pieces. So it's a good wouldn't, wouldn't you call music art? Yeah, definitely. No, definitely. <laughs> so you mean the answer didn't count? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I was just kidding. Um, thank you. Well, we, um, Zoe, you're after Chris, but I let you go after our guest, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course, no worries. Alena. Hi, everybody. Um, my name's Alina, and I wasn't expecting to be so stumped by the first question. It <laughs> seems like an easy question, but to be honest, conservation and art basically take up the majority of the passion in my heart. Um, it shows itself in many different ways, for sure. And even though I do illustration as a job, photography is a huge other passion of mine, wildlife photography. It does fall into the art category, at least in my, <laughs> in my opinion, but um, a little bit different than what I do day to day. Um, so traveling and seeing different wildlife in different parts of the world and photographing them is, is a huge passion of mine. And then also just going out and exploring nature, especially the really small beauties of the world um, that often are overlooked. So lichens and mosses and slugs and things like that. Um, that's the main thing that I do kind of to keep my mental health in check. So going out and noticing all the little beautiful things in the world, I would consider that a, a pretty big passion of mine as well. Hopefully that's a good enough answer. Um, it does still fall into the, the art and nature category, but again, that's, that's my whole heart. What can I say? Sorry, not good enough of an answer. We can't let that go, especially because uh, you stole my line already. Oh, no, you're going to have to kick me out. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm going to have to think about another passion, but it'll be hard. Lena. No, but you're not sorry. an artist, actually. So. You, you, haven't seen, you haven't seen my photos. True. Let's hear from Lena. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Lena, and I've grown up in Australia, so... I guess one of my main passions was always spending a lot of time in the ocean, um, not to take anyone else's passions, but um, definitely art, science and diving would be my major three. <laughs> um, yeah, getting to spend time in the water, seeing new species and then going home and looking them up, getting to see um, all about the new thing that you've seen while diving on that day and then converting that passion into painting is definitely what I live for, <laughs> but yeah. That sounds good. Perfect answer. Sadie. Ah, oh, can everyone hear me okay? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Sweet. Um, yeah, so I want to thank Alina for, <laughs> for copying the uh, kind of um, worry that I had as well because I was thinking, oh, I don't know. It's pretty all-consuming. Um, but I think it's because it's quite... Um, um, there's a diverse range of things in order to make a creative business and one of those things um, similarly is I guess finding the inspiration and that's kind of quite a daily um, I guess routine being able I'm quite lucky where I live I'm able to go out and snorkel whenever I want to and even the um, terrestrial environment has got lots of things to um, be inspired by as an artist so that in itself um, trying to capture something or an encounter with something which um, you just never know when it's going to come across when you're going to come across them I, I interactions with different creatures and um, and the environment that's kind of definitely a day-to-day -day consuming passion and then I do have a thing about um, storytelling I think in lots of different forms so that also transfers um, into um, dancing and cooking food I think that's I'm a foodie I'm one of those people that takes pictures of my food but I have a bit more self-respect that I don't actually post pictures so um, just my own personal collection but that's those are probably um, the my extra passions into just being a creative person um, and maintain and create a business in the context of conservation. That sounds great. I didn't realise it would be such a tricky question. I apologise for the, <laughs> the panic. Was, absolutely. I was looking through my like, I didn't know there was that one. Oh yeah, it's all good. We're, we got through. <laughs> Thanks, CD. Um, should we hear from Cole? Hi guys. Um, yeah, I guess I'm in the fortunate place that I went last. I've had some time <clears throat> to think about the laundry list of of kind of pastimes and passions that I've had, um, which have kind of all dried up now that we've got a toddler and there's not much time for, for any of them. But, uh, you know, wildlife is, is a massive kind of first passion, being out in nature, um, you know, from our back window, birding. Um, I've become a bit of a twitcher in my later years, which is lovely. Um, photography, um, like playing sport um, when I get the, the chance to. Um, but as I say, with the little one, you kind of whittle them down and art is, is the kind of <laughs> major passion when I, when I get the time to do it. And probably second to that is, is DIY around the house. I started to get well into like, you know, woodwork and, and, and messing around. I guess it's another creative outlet um but kind of solving solving problems and trying to work out the best way to kind of use um use materials to try and upcycle them in the house and stuff like that that that's probably what i'm into at the moment i guess <laughs> sounds good <laughs> but i always find a shame on clubhouse you don't know when people smile or laugh so it's um but I, i've been smiling and laughing quite a bit so far <laughs> since i'm enjoying this and Norbert, tell, tell us all about... Um... <laughs> it's men first, uh, between the moderators? Okay, yes. I, I feel humbled. Go ahead. Um, so so <laughs> lacking uh, being an artist, I, I compensate with pretending to be a decent photographer. 
um, and uh, aspiring to travel uh, as much as I can in order to get to the places to scuba dive um, uh, where, where life is still uh, the way I guess it used to be underwater. So uh, I didn't make it to Australia scuba diving yet, but uh, Ningaloo is still on my, on my list. So those are some, some other passions uh, I have. Sounds good. Um, it's a very good question. Actually, um, I always envy those who are marine biologists and artists at the same time. I wish I would be a marine biologist and I think um, it's too late for me now, but <laughs> maybe um, in another uh, years or otherwise, um, as I just gotten into freediving, you know, when you see these amazing uh, images of freedivers in the ocean, just um, almost like dancing. I think I, I would love to, love to have a profession like that. It would be super hard and lots of training, but um, very fulfilling. Um, always looks nice. Zoe, uh, now we would like to hear. <laughs> yeah, now I've got the pressure of actually answering my own questions. <laughs> Um, so I am kind of in the same boat as some of the others thinking along the lines of actually wildlife conservation and art does take up most of my time but I'm thinking um, there are a few other bits that I am interested in and try and get to around having children which mostly involves some kind of adrenaline rush so I love um, adventure stuff and yeah thrilling activities as much as I can possibly do around uh, family life and then otherwise just I love hanging around with animals so I think they're a huge passion of mine just as in any kind of animal like domestic farm animals or whatever I can get close to really. And you look so innocent, calm. <laughs> you like the thrill. <laughs> yeah. <Don't you? laughs> that's, um, that's good. Well, um, thank you for your warm-up question. I really enjoyed it. And as I said, I love quite a bit. And we're going to start our, with our amazing artist now. And first, um, we're going to have uh, Chris Austin. Uh, so, Chris, you're from Toronto, Canada. And we're very, very happy to have us um, to have you here tonight. So you paint mainly with gouache and you're creating, I would probably say magical words. You merge environments together that usually not belong together. And you have definitely a purpose behind that. So we would love to hear more about that. But also, um, if you remember, the first question was, um, so how did you get into art or artivism? And um, were you self-taught and at what point did you feel the need to turn your art into um, the environmental direction and yes please introduce yourself and tell us more we're excited to have you uh, hi everybody uh yes i'm chris uh austin and i'm from canada uh currently i am in uh, hamilton ontario canada it's located uh we are uh, near Niagara Falls. Um, it's on the Niagara Peninsula, or uh, Escarpment rather, not Peninsula. Um, yeah, I am self-taught. Um, I, uh, I had many opportunities to go to post-secondary educational art schools, and I just decided to turn it all down and sort of take my own path. Um, I kind of just didn't want to fall into a uh, cookie cutter. I didn't want to turn out painting like somebody else. Um, yeah, I was just a little bit stubborn at the time, but uh, I've perceived and uh, gone my own way, and it's been quite successful in the last 
15, 20 years now, I guess I've been doing things somewhat professionally. So, um, yeah, a little bit about my work is um, I've lately been really enjoying creating things we've seen together in different contrasting effects, um, mainly having things like a juxtaposition of different uh, discussions of connectivity. Um, I enjoy presenting the wildlife in bizarre manners and placing them in the scenes that oppose practicality. Um, yeah, so it's just sort of my thing. And um, a lot of the times uh, people ask me all the time, why do you paint the shark? And 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 the sharks are terrifying. And it's like I get the other end of the spectrum where people say like they really enjoy seeing my work. And then I get people that say like they're terrified to look at my work, but then they almost feel like a little bit of a breakthrough therapeutically looking at it. And that's why I do it. Like I'm terrified of dark waters and I always have been. And it's sort of a therapeutic way for me to like get over my fears of, of things moving forward. And so I kind of paint things that I'm terrified of uh, to help alleviate those fears and like move past like a lot of people say they're scared of heights so they'll you know eventually get the courage to go up and go skydiving and then they're eventually like not afraid of heights anymore so that's kind of like where i stand um with the stuff that i do um i'm still sort of figuring out as i go but i'm kind of just enjoying the 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 wave and just kind of seeing where it takes me but um i still feel like i have a story to tell with my work so yeah. So, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. So, yeah, it's good to be here, everybody. Chris, outside of uh, Lake Ontario, have you ever tried to snorkel or dive with sharks yourself? No, I haven't. So the thing is, is that I've gone to uh, recently get my um, my scuba diving license. And because I have a deviated septum, um, unfortunately, uh, water pressure is just not going to work really well for me. So, like, I can only really go... Uh, 10 feet under the water until my head pressure gets like crazy. So unless I get this like um, septic uh, septum surgery, um, unfortunately I'm sort of grounded on land. Um, I would love to. Um, a lot of the times people are like, they suggest the idea of maybe going cage diving with great whites. And, and I think that's great, but I also feel like it's, I don't feel like it's very uh, healthy for the animal to be treated that way. I feel like I've seen a lot of, uh, and I've heard a lot of like horror stories of like white sharks getting hurt by the cage. And um, it's just like um, these organizations that run these sort of um, events or these sort of excursions are just not very like wildlife conscious. So um, yeah. So to answer your story in a long story, no, I haven't been scuba diving. No, not yet. I've been snorkeling, but scuba diving. Oh, Norbert reminds us that we are in the scuba room here, so we should also uh, <laughs> talk yeah. about that. <laughs> no, I'm just getting there. But um, um, no, um, what I I just watched a documentary as well, which is Heroes of the Seas, and there was also sharks in there, um, and also how calm they are really in the water, and how 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 terrified we are of them. But mostly, they are really calm and so nice to watch and when i look at your artwork because they are floating in the air and they're floating in the air in like misty misty evening sceneries i feel exactly that sen sensation of, mm -hmm. of of the calmness so i think you are 
uh, when I see your artwork, I, f I really feel that you're protecting the sharks from um, the stereotypes they have and you see them in a different light. So I, I, um, I find that you give them quite a nice um, voice through your art. So that's what struck me when I saw your art and I was like, oh, this is amazing. You know, the white shark, it's floating through New York or <laughs> I don't know, and help me if it's a different city, but it's, um, it's, it's stunning. So I really, I, I love it. Um, see if Zoe wants to say uh, a few words. Yeah, definitely. I was um, I was just completely blown away by it. I think the the way that you've combined two different environments is just so clever. And I was I picked up on the fact that you said that you were really terrified of deep dark water, and that is something I, uh, apart from being a thrill seeker, I just cannot get myself to go into deep water. I find it so so terrifying so for you to have brought those creatures from the scary deep dark waters and put them somewhere where we're familiar it's just it's so clever I think it's it's something I've never seen before and I'm just wondering where you first came up with the idea to actually try it when did you first do a, a painting where you combine the two oh it's funny I um I just shared a throwback picture on Instagram um, I posted a story and it did come up in my memories and it, it was like 11 years ago I was painting um, I started you know coming up with different ideas in my head and started I came to a little bit of a roadblock and I thought I didn't really know how to move forward and I was changing styles of work because I found the style was very repetitive and I found it was very sort of done over again and um, I just kind of wanted to stand it as something different and unique and um, I was dealing with a lot of psychological fears at the time i was going through a little bit of trouble and you know ending a relationship and you know um, moving into a different city and so it's just there was a lot going on and um i was watching something on television about uh, people facing their fears and that was one of the i think there was like a, a shark on the commercial or something that just was like it just light bulb went off and i just thought dark waters is one thing that i'm just the most terrified of and I'm not necessarily scared of shark per se, but um, I want to do something different and create like juxtaposition of different wildlife in different environments. And I thought, well, most people are terrified of sharks. You know, I talked to all my friends and peers and family and they're all just terrified of sharks. Um, and so I thought, uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go and I'm going to make the shark sort of my focal point and, yeah, it was like, here we are, like 11 years later, and I'm just, it's almost this obsessive uh, thing, you know, as, as much as I want to, like, try to get away from them and, like, give myself a little bit of a break and say, like, oh, I'm going to paint something else and try to reintroduce, and I do, and it's refreshing, but at the same time, I just kind of always go back to the shark, so it's just kind of been my thing, so yeah, it's like 11 years ago now, so yeah, I don't know if that really answers your question, I feel like I'm kind of rambling, but no no it's really interesting to hear the the journey of it uh, the other thing i was really um curious about was what uh does the yellow jacket person represent to you because i've seen there that figure is in quite a few mm -hmm. paintings and is there uh, like a symbolism for it or anything like that yeah so it's definitely uh it's a lot of people ask me this and you know a lot of the times i don't really have that's time to answer questions. I'm either busy doing so. I'm in the middle of renovating a house right now, so it's like I don't really spend a whole lot of time online. But uh, sometimes when I attend my opening stuff, a lot of people will ask. 
And so basically the, the yellow slicker is a, I wanted to paint a figure because I wanted to get back into figurative work. And I was, um, I always did like life drawing and stuff growing up in school and, and everything. So I wanted to get back into that, but I also wanted to paint something that would stand out. And that's where the color comes from yellow. And I find that the contrasting color of yellow is just your eyes is just going to completely like, it's just going to gravitate towards that color. So I painted it yellow for that reason, but it's also a depiction of me. Um, and it's sort of me gravitating towards the wrong crowd in the sense of like, uh, finding my own way through things, um, or sort of led away by another. Um, so sort of when you see the figure in my work and you see what they're interacting with the wildlife, it's sort of, uh, me looking to a higher conscious when I was a child. So a lot of people don't know that it's actually me. Uh, and that's why I kind of wanted to leave. I, I painted the figure a lot from behind cause I don't really want it like the sex to be given away or I wanted to like leave it open-ended to the viewer and maybe have somebody else that's viewing it to sort of picture themselves in that position as well. So it's like, I'm kind of passing the torch to other people and I've had other people sort of gain that same sort of connectivity, which is like super cool. It's kind of like, you know, as an artist, you kind of put messages out there in your work, hoping that people were going to kind of get it. And then when they do, it's just like, it's just the most rewarding thing. So, yeah. So that's basically what it is. It's just kind of, it's me. And I like other people that also see themselves as the figure as well. That is very cool to hear. The, the disadvantage on Clubhouse is that we're only on an audio chat, so for the audience it's hard to, um, to know what we're talking about because uh, we are, I think Zoe and I both are looking at your Instagram account and uh, we, we see your artwork immediately. And I don't know if you have in your bio um, filled out your, your Instagram account, um, people can maybe click on that and see your artwork. Or what we also do on Clubhouse, sometimes we change our profile picture and then if you pull to reference, artists are talking you could um, do that so people um, can get an idea especially for those who listen to this room afterwards they can then see your artwork so if you if you're up for that and then i also wanted to say that um, we have a um, planned chat with the artist on stage so we are not um, we, we're going to turn hand raising off but you can ask us questions in the chat and if they're relevant to the person at that moment, we're going to um, repeat them. So um, I hope that's okay for everyone. And then next on stage, we have Alina Ebeling Schult. That sounds very German to me. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so um, Alina, your artwork is so colorful. And I came across on, the, uh, on Instagram so often because it's just, um, it strikes you. It's so happy and so... Um, yeah, there's so much love in in your word, I would say, and it's also yeah, colorful, meaningful. But um, but first of all, maybe multimedia wildlife conservation artist and scientist. So you're living in British Columbia. So you're also from Canada, and um, we'd love to hear more about your world. Please tell us more about um, the indigenous um, people. You, you w want to give a voice to your artwork, the colors. Um, yeah, we are very happy to have you here and please introduce yourself. And I hope you remember the, the questions, otherwise I can repeat them. <laughs> Thank you so much for 
the introduction, Nina, and for having me. Um, you're right. My last name is German. It's two German names, actually. Hyphenated. <laughs> so good. good eye there. Yes. Two Germans <laughs> in the chat here. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I... Wow. I'm not sure where to start. If I forget any of the questions, please remind me. But um, going back to kind of the origins question, it's kind of a, I took find kind of a funny journey um, to becoming an artist professionally. I grew up in a family of artists and always loved doing art. And I did art every day as a child. And it was definitely one of my one of the defining aspects of my personality growing up, for sure. I was kind of always the artist kid. Um, and then when it came time to kind of choose a career path, I had a really hard time choosing between art and science and because I loved both of them. And, you know, I would do these career aptitude tests online in high school and would always put answers for art and science and the only thing that ever came out that I could for a career where I could do both was taxidermy and I was like I don't really want to do taxidermy <laughs> like is that really the only option for me um so anyway long story short I, I ended up going into science not art because that was pulling me more at the time and I did a degree in in environmental science or wildlife conservation, which I really enjoyed. And it, it, I love that world very, very much still. But when I started working in that field, I really noticed I was missing the art just on a personal level. I missed doing art. And I also noticed that a lot of the times on the science side, it was really hard to get people engaged to get the public engaged in what we were doing. So I started doing photography when I was out in the field because I was there anyway and I was missing art. I'm like, this is a good way to do, to kind of access that creative side of myself again. And people responded really well to it. They were engaging and I always used my photography to still spread messages of conservation and to connect people with nature because I very strongly believe that in order to get people to act in conservation they need to care about nature they need to care about what they're protecting so that was kind of my focus of get people interested get people excited get people passionate about nature about wildlife um, and somewhere along the way I don't even totally remember how it happened I decided to start drawing again and I hadn't drawn in many years except for you know doodling on my science notes or whatever <laughs> but I was like why don't we try it again and very very quickly I fell totally into it uh, I stopped working in the field of science I still consider myself a scientist but um, very quickly art completely took over my life and I started my own art business. And so I do very colorful and vibrant illustrations. I'm glad you noticed that, Nina. It's very much my personality is bright and colorful. And I, I use that kind of as a tool to spark joy. That's 
one of my big aims with my work because I think especially in this time if you care about nature and conservation so passionately like a lot of us do it can get really dark really fast and mental health can be a struggle and maintaining optimism in this field can be a struggle so I want to remind people why we're doing this I want to remind people that you can find beauty and joy everywhere and that's why we keep doing what we do that's why we keep working to protect these species so um yeah I hope that answers the question I kind of went off on a tangent a little bit um I am I guess self-taught I don't love that word um because in my view artists learn from each other all the time um and I think that yes I'm a little bit self-taught in the sense that I haven't gone to art school but most of what I learned and most of my inspiration comes from artists that I've met in my life starting probably first with my mom who's an artist so yeah just continually being inspired by all the other cool artists around me including the ones in this room awesome thank you so much yeah we definitely this definitely not a judging question if you're self-taught or have been to university or whatnot it's just i think it just opens the um idea as well of where is your journey and your inspiration and who inspired you as well as you just said um you know we inspire each other and we learn from each other and um, this is also one of the reasons why trying to create this community here is to um you know to have the spark from 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 each of us and um, yes, yeah, yeah, you, I find your artwork just so cheerful and that octopus dress on your Instagram is just... <laughs> Thank you so much. I actually have it on right oh, now. Oh, really? So, <laughs> so <yeah>. amazing. <laughs> no, it's just, um, there's just so much um, joy and um, you're so right. I hope we, um, we hear from Zoe later on as well from her um, last exhibition is Diminishing, um, where it's also about the... Um, hundred species are endangered and yes it can get very dark very quickly and it can get very upsetting so I'm so glad to hear that you are um, also bringing the joy and the cheer um, into into the conservation world and um, yeah, inspire others. Um, just Zoe do you um, yeah, yeah. No, I've been looking through your work, Lena. It's so pretty. I, I, it's crazy to think that you can make sea slugs into something so cool. I've never seen them made into the badges that you do. That is, that is right, isn't it? They, are they are they badges pins? Have I got that right? Yeah, I think you're probably looking at the enamel pins. Yeah, yeah. They are so cool. What made you um, create things like that? Is that something separate to what you you do with your uh, other artwork? Is that a, a side project or, or how did that come about? So yeah, that's actually the main component of, of my work now is the shop that I run, which has these little gift items and stuff. So the enamel pins actually were my first foray kind of into art again um, and trying to make art a business because I was actually getting really addicted to buying enamel pins and so I was like maybe I should do something to try to 
offset these costs that I'm spending on them. Um, but so, yeah, I thought that would be a really fun and easy way to get into this world of, you know, can I make my art actually a sustainable business? But I always wanted to keep conservation at the forefront. So I actually donate a portion of profits from all of the different enamel pins to different charities. And that's kind of how I keep that alive. And each one comes with a little pin explaining about the species and also about the charity that it supports. Um, but that's my bread and butter. That's the majority of the, the income that I have right now is from pins. And then other types of illustration kind of are more the side hustle. Uh, but yeah, the pin, pins are the bread and butter for sure. That's so cool. It's, a, like, it's amazing to have a few different options, isn't it, when you're an artist and have things um, that can support wildlife conservation in different ways. It's so uh, great to hear that you're doing something that kind of teaches that as well. And then obviously donating to the, the charities is is super cool because i didn't there's when you start looking into different species you realize like you're saying it can get dark quite quickly um you realize how many species need the help but by creating artwork you can create something so bright and so beautiful and also help them in, and it's a much more positive way to do it i think it's it's really great what you're doing well thank you so much i appreciate that and you know i'm i'm doing what I can just like all of us are here and I think these kinds of things but thank you so much Nina for putting this together not just today but I mean this is the 16th one I think you said that's so amazing because I think it's so important for us all to connect with each other in this field and remember that we're not doing this alone um, and just the actions of each one of us compiles and is such a powerful force i'm just i'm very inspired being with you all here right now oh thank you so much and um well actually you all have to thank norbert <laughs> because um he's um the one who gives the the confidence to the um <laughs> to, in my case to the um timid um shy artist who was too scared to ever talk publicly um, in a room or on stage but now having done it 16 times it's it's definitely getting easier and it's funny because I often asked artists if they would like to join the shed and I often um, do get the answer that um, they're too nervous or they're not sure so it's um, definitely something artists um, worry about so um, they understanding and um, having had Norbert who was always very supportive um, I um, can hopefully now give the support to other artists and it's it's great that we're all here. Um, so a huge thank you for everyone who's here tonight as well. And um, well, next we have Lena ba Bowler from also from Australia. We have two Australian guests. Um, for Lena, it's not that early. It's eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, Sadie, it's uh, five, 5 a.m. So <laughs> we're very, very um, thankful the Australian, our Australian guests um, are here with us on stage at this time. Um, so Lena, you're an Australian-based watercolor artist and marine scientist. So you merge the two um, words together, which I find amazing. And you do mainly scientific illustrations, which are absolutely beautiful. I love your art. And yeah, I'm so, um, so thankful that you're here. You, um, have, you call your art Sea Garden, if I'm not 
um, stake in. So we would love to hear about your brand, uh, your mission. Um, you're also a diver, so you you know the underwater world and that inspired you. So um, please tell us more about your journey, how you become an artist, when did you turn your art towards the environment? Um, was there something that happened? Um, yeah, tell us more. Welcome. Thanks so much. I'm really excited to be part of this little group chat. And um, I've been smiling and laughing the whole time. I feel like a lot of what you guys have been saying really resonates with me as well. Um, growing up, I was always a really creative person and I was lucky enough to grow up um, on the east coast of Australia, really close to the water. So I spent a lot of time with my family, like looking in rock pools, um, snorkeling, spending a lot of the time in the ocean, which was amazing. Um, and then when I started to go to school, you learn about all of the really negative impacts we're having on our ocean as well. Uh, you're learning about like overfishing, um, pollution, loss of biodiversity, and it can be really shocking for someone at a young age, especially when you're going diving and seeing all these amazing, beautiful things. Um, so that really got me into conservation, I guess. Um, and then when I was finishing year 12, I, I guess I had the same kind of problem as Alina in that I didn't know whether to choose a career in art or a career in science. Um, I decided to do a Bachelor of Science majoring in marine science, um, and I loved it. It was the highlight for sure. <laughs> Um, I loved that I got to do a lot of field work and got to meet like-minded people that were super into conservation as well. Um, and while at uni, I spent a lot of my free time painting. Um, at this time, I wasn't selling any of my artwork. I was really just painting for myself, um, hanging them up in my room. And my friends and family were the ones who were telling me I should start selling it they want the pieces for themselves <laughs> um so yeah I started making prints of my artwork and I've always focused on the more beautiful side of conservation I guess I haven't really done any pieces that highlighted um impacts in particular uh I'd rather choose a species or I've based a lot of my artworks off of photos I've taken on dives um just to inspire fellow scientists as well as other people who um, don't know much about conservation. I've always liked that um, my artwork kind of starts the conversation between people so someone can see a piece of my artwork and go, oh, I've heard about that species. Um, sharks, for example, there's a huge um, fear of sharks in Australia and one of the threats they're facing is the use of shark nets. Um, shark nets in Australia are very much a placebo band-aid approach to um, avoiding shark attacks I guess um, but it causes a lot of devastation to other wildlife like our humpback whales get caught in them. Um, a lot of entanglement of species happens when it's really unnecessary and there's other approaches and ways to deal with um, the monitoring of sharks moving around Australia. Um, so I guess it's my art's kind of a way of saying these species are really beautiful and there's better ways to take care of our environment. Um, 
I would definitely say I'm more self-taught. Uh, I've spent a lot of time playing with different medias, I guess, and learning off of YouTube as well as other artists on Instagram. Um, I'm definitely the kind of person who believes that practice makes perfect. <laughs> um, like even in the last year, my artwork, I feel has changed so much and it's definitely getting closer to how I want it to look. And yeah, I guess my art very progressively changed to be more towards the environment. I've had a lot of um, interesting experiences. Like my mum's side of the family is Japanese. So we spent a lot of time traveling Japan. And I remember being really shocked about um, one of the, we went to the largest fish market in Japan and seeing things like snapperhead turtles um, being put up for sale to be eaten. So yeah, I guess I've had a lot of experiences that kind of have shaped my art to be more towards conservation um, as well as different people, meeting different people has shaped me as well. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing, Lena. That's uh, it's amazing to hear all of the um, the things that you studied, like the marine biology and and all that. It must uh, the whole side of the science just fascinates me so much because I'm not science based at all. I love animals and I love conservation, but I am not a scientist. So whenever anyone has any science background, I always find it super fascinating. And the way that you've then brought the art element into it to be able to make it more um accessible i suppose because I, I think i was looking for your instagram just now and the way that you present the um the wildlife that really lovely clean background and just um it's watercolors you work in isn't it is that right yeah they're all watercolor pieces i use a little yeah. bit of as well um but i like that with the white background, you can really see the detail. I feel like when you're diving or when you see videos, it can be really hard to see like how intricate every species is. So it's really cool to put them on display, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I love it. I love it when you take um, take a, a piece, a species, sorry, out of its environment and you just focus entirely on the details, the things that you wouldn't see. So yeah, you definitely do that. It really highlights all of the beautiful parts of a species that you wouldn't necessarily know about. Um, so yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. I, I admire people who are marine biologists and artists. That's my, um, my dream. And um, I have um, same comments. I, I love the clean background with, with the animals. It's so, so striking. And um, I don't know, have you seen the documentary Envoy Charcoal? Um, it was in Australia. I haven't seen it yet because it only came out in, in, in Australia and USA, but I never managed to see it here in France. But I think this is exactly about this um, topic, about the nets um, that are catching and killing a lot of other animals and um, they're hu a huge problems. So just wondering if, if you by any chance um, have seen the documentary, Lena. Just, um... <laughs> yes, I have. I really love that documentary, um, especially Madison Stewart. She was part of that as well. She's um, an environmental activist who really focuses on shark conservation, um, but she talks about treating sharks as wild species like they're 
there's always going to be a factor of danger because they're a wild animal um but they're not out to attack you there's safer ways to go about um avoiding accidents with sharks and that it's really important that we conserve those species because they have a vital role in our ecosystems as well um but yeah i really loved that documentary Mm, that's cool that you saw it um because when you mentioned that it reminded me of of that and um yeah medicine um, chocolate in it, so I would love to see it. So I hope um, I need to look again if 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 it's somewhere. But um, yeah, so um, and also wanted to know your your name, Sea Garden, um, which I I find so poetic. Um, how did you think of that? Which is just um, because it's yeah, it's what it is. Or did, was there kind of a, a moment where you thought, oh, this is what I call my shop or my my art? Yeah. So. Uh, for a while, I was trying to think of what I wanted to name my store or my collective works, I guess. And I've always been someone who loves gardening. I'd love to have a massive veggie patch that I can just live off. That would be amazing. Um, but I kind of came up with that dear in, idea in that um, you always want your own garden to be flourishing. You wanted it to be um, very diverse. And that's how I view the sea. Like I want it to be really happy, flourishing, um, and I guess like sustainable over time. Like you never want your garden to be completely empty either. So I guess that's where that idea came from. Plus it just sounds really beautiful, I feel. Yeah, totally. And it's so poetic. I love your explanation as well. And um, so if you guys pull down to refresh, you see that I changed my profile picture. So if you, um, especially for those artists who have already talked, you have a moment to um, scroll through your photos and um, change it, which I think would be really nice for the audience um, to see um, some of your artwork. And next on stage, we have Sadie. So um, thank you so much for, um, Sadie James, thank you so much for coming to the set so early in the morning. Um, so Sadie, you are an award-winning and children's book author and illustrator. <laughs> it's, it's a long list, long list to say, but it's amazing. <laughs> no, but you're born, born in Wales, and um, yeah. but you now live in um, Australia in the Nigalo, do I say it right? Nigalo yep. Reef, which must be absolutely beautiful. And um, yeah, so tell us about your awards, um, your move from Wales to Australia, how, and you've, you've done also amazing murals as well. That's what I see. So I'm, I'm just in awe of everything you do and how you manage to get everything under, under one hat as well. Um, so please introduce yourself and tell us more about you and your journey. Oh, thank you. Yes. Well, um, um, I was born in Wales and then we and um, lived by the ocean, so I think that was my first introduction really to um, well that's where my I guess my passion is ignited, and I think often things that you experience in childhood kind of stick with you um, so we did move then to England and i um, so I've lost the Welsh accent unless I'm back home or tipsy or angry comes out again but um um i was definitely an artist right from the get-go to to the extent that i think my parents might have kind of if there was a receipt they might have said, i think we've got the wrong one because there was no uh, genetic throwback for sure so um i was a dinosaur nerd as a as a little little kid like literally like five years old and i started drawing them and obsessively started drawing them and and making 
have little folders with things that I made to do with dinosaurs. So I did, it's definitely, I've got no real science, science background, but I think I approach things like science uh, with an analytical mind. Um, and I think from there, um, I'm, my sister was 10 years older than me. She did a lot of bird drawings and I kind of then 10 years later sort of behind, um, started um, being inspired by her so there's always been a sort of a natural history element to whatever it was I, I drew until um, I um, I went to art college and aside from everyone's better judgment it was the thing that I you know what are you going to do how, how are you going to make a living how are you going to earn a living and all that kind of pressure I think about taking art forward um, that is I really enjoy seeing with Instagram now how many people can. So this idea, like you said, self-taught is not um, kind of a, like, I, I think there is a, a, I have a problem with that word too, because I think um, it doesn't necessarily mean any difference in these days of how people approach things um, and kind of their abilities, because the internet has done so much to widen like people's, definition of what an artist is as well which is um kind of um good to see but uh so i did um a degree a practical art degree i decided that's really what i wanted to do and then i found myself teaching but while i was teaching um so i taught art for 15 years which i think was great because it gives me gave me quite a lot uh, a competence in using a, a, a lot of different materials and i think i draw on that library now which is why I used to have a problem with that I sort of do lots of different things, but um, different styles or different, use different materials. Um, but I think I've sort of embraced that now. It's like some, it's like a library that you draw on. So there is different tools and techniques that, which are relevant or present themselves as more appropriate to represent something as something else. Um, and I moved to London and lived there and, and was, part-time teaching art and then I decided I wanted to do an MA at St Martin's which was fantastic and that's where all my work became about the city and cities as an experience and um, so completely different to where I ended up and aside from um, kind of being inspired by the city I still sort of referred back to the ocean in that I would go to places to swim with things so I went to the Azores and that was my thing that I did in the school holidays as I went somewhere to swim with things and um, my I've got family out in WA and uh, my mum and dad used to come and visit and they're like oh you must go I didn't really want to go to Australia because everyone did that when I was at uni did a gap year and it was the sort of thing that everyone did so Anyway, long story short, I did decide to do that and it was natural for me to come and swim with the whale sharks when I came over to WA as something that I wanted to do and um, I was just blown away by the place and to, to the extent that I was like, oh, I've got to come back here and do something. Um, the diversity, just even the place itself, Coral Bay is a very small little town, there's only about 250 residents. and. Um, I decided various things changed in life and I decided, right, I'm just going to do what is it that I want to do. And I wanted to be surrounded by something that was inspiring, like <clears throat> this place, like um, the Ningaloo Reef. And I emigrated to live in Coral Bay, which I still, when I look back, I'm still surprised I actually did it. Um, 
But anyway, uh, and um, an opportunity came up to her. There was a sort of a shop space in this tiny town of about six shops, and so, and they wanted an artist. So um, I took the plunge, and it's been a it's been tough. Um, but I think what I've become I've come to appreciate is the importance of um, tourism within um, conservation, and then. I'm sort of definitely involved. It's it's purely a tourist town, really, Coral Bay. Um, and then Exmouth is the next one up, and I now have a, a gallery um, in Exmouth as well. Um, and it's on the fringing reef of the Ningaloo, which is the largest fringing reef in the world. And quite a spectacular place. So, no, but if you come, be prepared. It has a habit of making you stay. So, um, And uh, everyone else would be more than welcome too. And it's a brilliant place to come snorkeling with the sharks. I can't dive either. I have, a, I have an equalizing problem and I get there to go. So, um, and, um, and, I, and I think what has become clear for me is um, engaging people in... Um, the ocean and it's all its creatures and it's just its diversity and it's it, it's it's finding um, its relevance to us as people as and so for tourism when people come here they see it they experience it and they love it and that's um, kind of where you has been said ignites that other you ignite that passion in other people. Um, I do, I, I do enjoy working sort of a little bit more now in film because I think it's ways of telling stories which also engage people in, um, um, well, it makes it relevant. So I had a, someone asked me a question once, what's the point why I paint something um, that you can never do justice, basically? Um, and I think my, I, I sort of thought long and hard of it, and I think my conclusion was that... Um, basically by framing something you kind of give it importance and if something's important to you you look after it and by for, for people to take away paintings or have seen something that I've seen and we both relate to it in in that way that take it home it it because people come to this as a place and then they leave taking something which is it's like the conservation of a memory um, and having something at home that is a reminder of that kind of keeps that alive because although you're not here anymore it's still kind of um alive in your mind in some way i think that's the the best i can come up with so when i did come to um the ningaloo i i came um i was i was still very much doing all, uh, all my work was about the city and i wasn't really getting anywhere with it because it was very personal to me and finding that connection with other people was really difficult um and so i was doing a bit of reading and i I sort of read about what your dharma is, what you're kind of, what you're good at and what it is that, how you use that to help other people. And so I came with up the idea of a children's book because that's a kind of a, education was my thing and education messages around the ocean. And it, the whale shark song was particularly about, um, <clears throat> or the conservation element was, a, was about kind of sharks. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> sorry conservation of sharks and um and i think educating the younger generation is kind of really important and kind of the children's books is kind of a real fast track to do that because it's a real part of 
of kind of growing up in everyone everyday life and also parents are reading those stories and they have those shared experiences and so um that for me is a kind of um um was that inroad to kind of doing something mean, meaningful that was also because at the end of the day we all have to make a living doing this this thing these things and um, that was a kind of a, a quite transferable um way to communicate my passion but also have it has a purpose for other people too oh i didn't stop for breath <laughs> sorry i'll stop now <laughs> oh sorry i take it by that that was so interesting to hear about all of your all of your different hats as nina was saying but i in particular loved the bit that you were saying about how you love to create something that someone can then take away and they can conserve the memory and it helps to remind them that there's something to look after i really really loved that i think that's really special i think I've, what i've quite enjoyed of late is kind of finding ways in which like i call them oceans life lessons um and the most recent film i've been working on is called salt medicine about how the ocean makes you feel better and i think as humans we're very egotistical you know it's all about us and i think for something to be important you need to understand how it is helpful to you um so just like the the it is really a human condition now. Even if you don't live by the sea, you often go on holiday to the sea, you know, especially if you're coming from me from the UK. You know, that's what a holiday, um, definition of a holiday is almost. It was like going to the seaside. Um, and there's reasons for that. You know, there's, there's kind of the ways in which you can, I think, um, you breathe differently in the water. You hear your own breath. Snorkeling is a little bit like meditation. Um, observing life which is so much more simple um seems to make complete sense to me um and um pointing that out to people is i i think is that inroad into making them see how it's relevant and important to them even if they're not kind of their life doesn't depend on the ocean like on a day-to-day -day basis they're not fishermen they're not you know tourism operators or whatever but um seeing how it's really kind of intrinsic to our being is really um, the, the kind of fast forward button to kind of making people care about it. I totally agree. There were so many things I could resonate with, um, especially when you also said that um, children's books, you don't just touch the kids, you, you make they read them with their parents, so you have both generations there that um, you educate in a way. And parents do want their best for their kids, and when the kids start becoming little artivists, um, you know, activists, where they yeah. say, oh, we don't like the plastic, you know, the, the parents actually start to listen. So Absolutely, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, um, yeah, it's great that you're doing that. And the reason Norbert is so quiet at the moment, he's currently booking his flights to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Norbert, are you, um, which destination have you they, chosen? <laughs> they are already booked. Uh, I've, I've only been to the southeast of Australia, unfortunately. And actually, uh, late in March, I will go towards Australia, but wouldn't, won't get there. I go to Tubataha in the Philippines. Nice. Not, not quite WA, as you said. That's, I took notes of that. But uh, Ningaloo is still on my, on my list. Yep. 
and I'm always available to come and follow you if you need some uh, company. Somebody, somebody to carry the tripod for the for the camera, <laughs> yeah. right? Exactly. Um, but um, there's um, after Ko and after Zoe, um, uh, Detlef is very interested in how your last scuba dive went. So um, hopefully we can hear a little bit about that. But I, um, I let Ko go first and I'm very happy to have you here um, tonight, Ko. So you're a charcoal artist from the UK. I'm very curious to know where you're from in the UK, given um, your accent. I couldn't place it earlier. And um, but you were originally um, raised and born in Zimbabwe, so that's very interested. And your art is also very striking because you um, it's in black and white, so there's a lot of contrast there. And you will definitely tell us um, more about um, the colors and um, how you see them. So, welcome to our artivism chat. I uh, hope you're um, still there <laughs> going last. Um, hi, it's not hi. easy. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the chat. Um, yeah. Please, please Hi, go ahead. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, Earlier you broke a little bit away, so I don't know if um, there was a signal problem, but then you came back really quickly. Uh, so, yeah, my phone keeps on shouting at me, telling me I've got poor signal, and I'm sitting right next to the router, so I feel, <laughs> I feel like it's hard to understand why that would be. Um, but no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the chat. Um, and yeah, can I just say what an awesome what an awesome platform. I mean, having listened to all of the the kind of guys before, um, it's been really really interesting. Um, you, you know, artists that I, I haven't kind of seen before, and and you guys are all phenomenal. And and kind of hearing about your art and what inspires you and and kind of your journey has just been been pretty awesome to hear. Um, so yeah, I guess my story, um, funnily enough, resonates probably, um, you know, along the lines of of quite a few people that have that have talked to. You. I guess all of our stories are, are, are probably similar, um, but I guess mine started with an innate passion for wildlife. Um, so as you said, I was I was born and raised in Zimbabwe, um, lived in the second largest city, Bulawayo. Um, for 18 years, um, but we lived kind of on the outskirts of town, and and you know from my earliest memories, it, it, my main aim was just to get out in into the bush, into wildlife. Um, I didn't really watch cartoons. I wanted to watch wildlife documentaries, and and you know go go to national parks and and kind of see these animals up close. So um, my kind of development of my art journey started with just an innate passion for wildlife um which then kind of uh, i can't remember who else was saying it but said they had an older sibling that that um that drew um i've got an older brother and and he kind of a really good artist as well he doesn't practice anymore but um he used to draw when we were when we were kids and i i don't know if it was a competitive side of of kind of brothers and siblings and I was like oh I'll, I want to draw as well give me a pen and paper um, and you know then you start thinking about what you want to draw and, and kind of just wildlife was the thing so that's kind of the very very beginning of the journey um, and then yeah that's kind of flowed through my life I think I always knew um, I wanted to do something with wildlife um, I got to that kind of pivotal point at, at high school where it was, like a few of you have said, that choice between kind of science um, or art. Um, I tried to go for a mixture of both. 
doing kind of um, biology, uh, maths, geography, and then art, um, to which I was told, no, you can't do that. Pick one. Um, so I, I kind of bailed. Maybe, maybe it was the lazy side of me. Went, okay, I'll do the art then. Um, so kind of did did art through my A levels, and then that that transferred into going to university um, and studying fine art. Um, and you know, I guess people have said, are they self-taught or, or kind of did you study? I guess in the traditional sense of it, I, I did study fine art at university, but I don't feel like it, it gave, gave me anything in the way of, of a kind of knowledge of art or has informed, um, you know, my art or my style or anything that I do now. Um, probably in fact, quite the opposite. Um, seeing as I, I was passionate about wildlife and animals and wildlife art. Um, and the first day at university, I was told that that's, that's not a subject that, that, you know, would be happening or, or would be, they would be interested in, in, in kind of the, the traditional fine art field, um, which just kind of put the hackles up on the back of my neck and, and kind of decided that I'll show them. Um, so I ended up, uh, majoring in photography actually not even not even um painting or drawing or anything like that and and my final exhibition was kind of wildlife based and and a kind of commentary on uh kind of taxidermy and and the way that we display animals and 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 it kind of went down a treat um so i was pretty happy with that to to kind of follow follow the passion follow follow what i really wanted to do and and somehow worked out um i still don't know um but then that led into kind of leaving university and kind of the aim was to to follow a passion for wildlife photography but you know life sort of took over um by that stage my parents had immigrated from zimbabwe um following the kind of political struggles and stuff in the country um and had moved over to the uk um so i found myself uh, moving over to the UK, um, kind of getting a job, um, as you do, I think, guess when you first leave university, not really knowing what you're doing with, with your life and, and falling into kind of working in a completely separate, separate field, um, of kind of maintenance facilities and then, and then going into market research. Um, and the drawing sort of fell away. Um, I always knew, that I would get back to a passion of doing something with wildlife um, from kind of young. I always had the idea of becoming a kind of game ranger is what I used to call it as, as a kid, but now it's probably more known as a field guard or a wildlife, um, you know, wildlife field guard. Um, so eventually kind of took the plunge in 2015, um, packed up, uh, my job and and kind of everything I, I had in the UK and decided to go back to South Africa to study field guarding um, and get get my kind of base level qualifications of field guarding um, and it was it was awesome it was a really really cool time that I think informed a lot of of how I kind of look at animals now look at the environment um kind of kind of read what's around us you, you know in in the more minute way 
um, and not focusing on the big things, but really taking in and taking stock of the kind of little things. Um, and yeah, I went and did that. Um, unfortunately, worked out that that my passion was more more about wildlife and and being in the bush and and you know close to the animals rather than dealing with um, people. Um, so it, it turned out that um, I kind of felt that that probably wasn't wasn't the the kind of route for me. But through that, I'd started picking up um, a pencil and drawing again, um, and and that was the kind of beginning of of this kind of journey, going back into art again. Um, I'd kind of just met my then my now wife was then girlfriend, so ended up moving back to the UK. Um, I started doing these drawings and, and, you know, it was kind of similar to, I think what Lena said, where, or was it Alina who said, mates were asking, well, you know, can you do one for me? Um, you know, that's awesome. Are you going to sell them? What are you going to do with them? Um, my wife was kind of going, these are, these are pretty good. Why, why are you just kind of squiggling away? in in the background and not doing anything with them um and so i kind of put myself out there she forced me to put myself out there and, and from the very get-go of that was a kind of passion that if i can make sort of any income off of off of these drawings that i would do was doing then you know part of that could go back into into conservation and kind of wildlife conservation that i that i was you know passionate passionate about um so I feel like I took quite a convoluted journey um, into art. I feel like in terms of my style and my artwork, it's it's very kind of early on and, and I'm sort of developing, um, you know, where I want to go um, with my kind of artwork. Um, I kind of fell directly into a love of kind of simplicity and, and um, you know, clean backgrounds, um, just highlighting the animal and the, the kind of beauty of the animal well hopefully um you know not not in its environment just kind of focusing on them as as the kind of stars of the piece um and i guess my background in studying photography um kind of informed i really love black and white photography and the kind of nostalgia and and simplicity that they get that gave to you know um photographs and wanted to kind of emulate that um, in the work that I was doing um, and kind of started to experiment with, um, you know, different ways of working and, and charcoal was always something that I, that I really loved, um, the kind of looseness that it gives and the, the versatility that you kind of get um, from the medium um, and also just working in monotone kind of fell into meeting all of those criteria of what I wanted to kind of achieve with my art. Um, or not, I guess not achieve with my art, but you know, these ideas that I had in my mind's eye, um, the way to realize them was, was through that. And then kind of have just, just fired into it and tried to, tried to hone my skill along the way. I think now, you know, as I progress further along the kind of artivism side, um, you know, there was always a kind of artivism in the fact that whatever I was doing, I wanted a portion of it to go to, to kind of conservation. Um, but I think now I'm starting to think a lot more about 
what the art can actually say in itself and and you know what's coming across in the drawings um so uh, by no means every piece that that i've kind of done but there's the more artivistic pieces are starting to to slip into the works that i'm doing and you know i really kind of enjoy enjoy tackling those those kind of subjects and trying to find you know interesting ways to to deal with these massive issues that we've got you know around the world um as you say you can get quite quite down when you look at the the state of affairs um with wildlife and crisis all across the world but there are definitely shining lights um in those stories and i think you know i i want to try and tackle kind of both ends of the spectrum and and um not only kind of highlight the the issues that there are but the the kind of success stories as well and the fact that the, you know if we put our heads to it we can can kind of pull pull out some miracles and 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 bring things back from the from the brink um so yeah i guess i guess that's my my kind of journey journey in a nutshell um yeah thank you so much um cole um yeah again um there's so much uh, i think all of us can uh, we have little piece pieces from each of us where we can completely resonate to um, for me, it was especially the beginning when you um, we mentioned it a few times as a self-taught artist, and um, I completely agree with you because the same here. What I've learned at university at art has nothing to do with um, what we see uh, or what I see on the internet, the art I see there, or the techniques I use. Um, so I completely agree that today there's so much where we, um, as we said earlier as well, where we can learn from each other. I find it really interesting what you said, um, what artivism means to you, um, giving a percentage to um, wildlife and to raise money. And um, for others, it means to communicate um, scientific information. For me, um, um, artivism meant always, um, because I guess I'm coming from that very shy, um, to meet a person that can't speak up in public or couldn't speak up in public I felt that that was the only way I was able to um, care about a subject and, and, and tell more people about it without um, you know without having to to leave the comfort zone so I think it's very interesting that artivism has many many faces to to us artivists and um, what it means so um, it was um, lovely to hear that also, um, I, I, I saw your art before I knew who you were as an artist. I came across your art a few times and I knew it was the same person because it's so um, striking and it's so, um, I think you have a, a, a signature where you recognize um, your artwork immediately. And um, that's, that's very beautiful as well. So I just wanted to say that, <laughs> my, my, my two comments. Oh, No, thank you. No, no, I agree that there's artivism. I guess yeah, comes in many different shapes and 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 forms, and it, you know, and I think all of them are, are are really awesome. I think everyone kind of tackles it in their own in their own different way, and each one of them kind of highlights a different thing. Um, I guess the, the the wonder of it all is that 
you know, it's it's all working towards the same goal um, and kind of tackling it in different ways is is really, really cool. Um, I have followed your work for ages, Cole, but I think the first time I actually saw your piece was in the David Shepherd um, Wildlife, was it two years ago? The one that you did with the tigers where they were kind of fading away. And I was just so moved by how simple it was, but how much of a story it told. And I think since I've looked more into your work and seen more of your pieces, I think what you were saying about how you love using charcoal and how it's, it is so simple and the black and white element makes it very kind of traditional and um, it's easy to read as well, isn't it? That there's nothing, there's nothing bold or confusing about it, but in, in the simplicity, you are able to portray such an emotional story as well. Cause there's some of the pieces I know, I know people can't see on the chat, but um, if you go and have a look at Cole's work, there's a few that are just, they're so emotional. One in particular, I can recall the, elephant um with its trunk around the um the skull is it a is it yeah. a skull yeah it's yeah. just yeah you just you're very very good at your storytelling and it i think that in itself is just such a um a great form of artivism the, the elephant in the room so to speak yeah definitely yeah. oh thanks Annie. I was just wondering if we lost Chris and you can't see him at the moment, but um, thank you so much, um, Cole, for um, sharing your story with us. And I um, wanted to ask um, Zoe as well, if you can tell us a little bit more about your last um, exhibition, um, Diminishing, how it went. And um, I know when we had you in our Artivism Shed a few months ago, um, you told us that you were planning it. And I know that others in the room um, and other artists who are listening in the audience also um, planning to have a um, exhibition in the future. And um, yeah, maybe you can, I know we are already at an hour and a half, so we are um, um, a long time chatting, but it would be, it would be really lovely to hear um, more about that and to share your experience. Yeah, of course. I will try my best to keep it quite brief because I am one for chattering on and on. So I'll be, no. I'll be <laughs> concise. Um, but yeah, it was it's actually quite surreal to have first been on Clubhouse and talking about it. And I think being only about 25 in um, to the project. So the project, for anyone that's not aware of it, I did a collection of 100 um, miniature drawings. So I've got one of my... Um, Uh, profile now um, of a humphead wrasse if that's correct hopefully the uh, marine people will <laughs> will be able to correct me if I have got that wrong um, very aware that I am not a marine biologist um, but yeah so I I've created a hundred pieces which are all um, all in coloured pencil and they are of various species so there are marine species terrestrial species there are birds there's you know a mixture of um, bats, bugs, frogs, elephants, there's all sorts. I tried to get animals from every kind of species, um, did loads of research into finding out um, their conservation status and in the process of doing the research found 
um, loads of species that I wasn't aware of in the uh, at all, and then others that I was really surprised at how um, how much they're um, suffering, like the different threats and things that they're facing. And so I put this collection together mostly to raise awareness um, of all these species that I'd found and you know drawing them was a good way to show that but then a few um a few months into the drawing I was kind of challenged by another artist of thinking that it would be quite a good idea to exhibit the collection so the thought of doing an exhibition especially a solo exhibition when you haven't done one is is quite um terrifying I'm not gonna lie it's it was a massive massive um challenge that I just didn't even know where to start so I definitely um reached out to other artists that had had done exhibitions and got some really really amazing support and advice so I think if if you're interested in doing a solo exhibition or even a group exhibition with a few artists then I think the community side of it um and how supportive other artists can be is is so important so yeah if you're if you're thinking of doing one then definitely reach out for support but I somehow managed to complete all 100 drawings and put together an exhibition which happened a couple of weekends ago um it was only a short one just a couple of days but I wanted it to be um, an event that just showcased all of these species and there were a few elements that I added in to kind of in, engage children as well because um, like what Sadie was saying about how children are really it's a really good age for them to get interested in it and then obviously the parents have to be involved in whatever the children are doing so it's a really good way of kind of getting in there so there was a children element as well uh, with different activities and things and yeah I just tried to make it an event an, an exhibition that was very immersive and you kind of when you stepped in you kind of you had to face up to the fact that there are a lot of species in this collection and every single one of them is in some way um, threatened by extinction whether it was near threatened through to the critically endangered where there's like like the vaquita if that's pronounced correctly that's like down to about 10 individuals or something and it's just it was really sad at points to think when I was doing the research and looking into their numbers and the population declining at such a um, rapid rate um, and thinking, oh my goodness, there's just nothing that could be done. But then actually doing the research into charities and the different organisations and things that I wanted the uh, collection to support made it kind of turn around into this thing that actually, you know, if we all come together, um, then there's definitely ways of tackling it and there are people out there doing that job so it was just yeah a collection that was to raise awareness and then also um, donating portions to different charities for all these different species as well so yeah it's been a really fun project but um yeah well, I really loved seeing it all and I know you have already um put quite a few questions and answers in your Instagram stories as well to help other artists to um yeah to put on a show and um yeah it must have been it must have been amazing um i i just saw the images and congratulations again um for for this success and i hope you sell every single piece of it and it will be um yeah it will be amazing to to support the the wildlife so i'm really you know hearing about it a few months ago and now it happened it's 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 really great to to see your to see your journey 
uh, in that way. So thank you for sharing. And um, yeah, as I said, we've been here for an hour and a half. Um, Chris has left us. I don't know. I just sent him a message to just check if he's coming back. But um, we're going to wrap up the room very soon. Um, we're just going to do one last round um, where I would like to know from you um, where do you see yourself in the future? How do you hope to influence other people, other artists? And um, where can, how, how can people support you? Where can they buy your artwork? So, um, Alena, you're first on my, um, on my list. Um, so if you would like to go next. Um. Hello. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still processing. I'm still here. I'm processing a question. Um, I am not someone that's very good at thinking about where I see myself in the future. If I'm honest, I'm, I'm someone that suffers from a lot of anxiety. And so <laughs> sometimes thinking about the future makes me a little bit too overwhelmed. But um, in general, keeping it kind of as an umbrella answer, I want to, I think it's going to, what I do is going to change. I think the art that I make is going to change. Um, I think that's kind of the, one of the beauties of, of being an artist is it evolves, your work evolves with you, which is really nice. But I definitely see myself in this realm still, um, in the realm of conservation art. I think it's very hard for me to envision not being involved in both art and conservation. So I hope that there's a future for me in that world still. Um, but finding a better balance would probably be good <laughs> for me personally. Hopefully I can figure that out and um, do a little bit, get get the business side sorted a little bit more and do more commission work. Um, right now I don't have a lot of time for that. So that would be really nice. And one of my big dreams at some point is to do a field guide, but that's pretty far in the future, I think. <laughs> right now but it is in there it's it's a dream i have um people can find me the best places on instagram um i couldn't figure out how to it attach my instagram handle to clubhouse i know how you're supposed to do it but it wasn't working properly for me but i did put it in the bio it's at owl and bear studio um and from there the link in my bio there has all my links to my shop and to all of my other work that I've done. So I would love to connect with you over there, anyone listening. Um, and I'm also always around to answer questions if you're interested in artivism or connecting more with the community. I'm always delighted to chat with like-minded individuals. So I hope to connect with, with some of you over there. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, Lena, you're next. I guess I'm quite the same as Alina in that I haven't thought too much ahead about what's going to be coming for Sea Garden. Um, my main goal would just be to continue creating, um, continue practicing and developing my art style as well, I guess. And the best way to find me as well would be on Instagram. Uh, I think I've managed to link it to Clubhouse, hopefully. 
And the best way to support my art would probably just be interacting with my social media. Um, and I also have an Etsy page where I sell um, prints of my artwork as well. But thanks so much for having me. Sadie, you're next on my screen. Hello again. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think um i'm just sort of downscaling in terms of have the um so i had two galleries at the moment and then um i'm just downscaling to to the one um because i think sometimes when you're in the business of of kind of this um journey that the business side of it can take over and i find i've found myself just being caught up in all the things I'm not very good at, like the business side of stuff. So um, I really want to get back to actually um, um, spending more time um, being creative. Um, and um, also I've been kind of right, I, I mean, my, my Instagram handle for those who are interested, that's pretty the best way to contact me at the moment. I am working, I've been very much in this little bubble. I mean, I the Ningaloo is kind of really out on its own. Um, it's a, a sort of remote living. Um, and I feel like now's the time, I've been doing it up here for like 11 years now, and now's the time to go out a little bit further afield. Um, so the ways in which I think, I think the internet and social media kind of, I think is the way that you kind of are able to do that these days. And um, I'm going to be doing s s more short films, which um, are kind of going to be themed, which will have information about the inspiration, then the process, the art process, and then the finished pieces. So each one has a different theme. So one might be on turtles. And they're really sort of my observations of how kind of, the, uh, and then the questions that I come up with, and then I go back and research them. So it's got a little bit of a science based without being a scientist um and um i would one little project that i really want to do is um i'd like i've got a book um in my brain that i would like to do that some um, would redefine the definition of sharks because i think um one thing that i think would be really important is for people to start when they think of the word shark they think of something other than the, a gray torpedo that's going to eat you um and the diversity amongst sharks in general as a species is kind of is is even in size color not shape specific really but you know the um a children's book that um yeah that's what i would like to do anyway i'm going on <laughs> i'm not very good at brevity either maybe um, you should ask maybe you should ask steven spielberg to pitch in and make up for his uh movie 50 years ago almost that uh, yes atonement yes got yeah, us yeah. into the wrong Absolutely. direction there yeah well that's actually what started off my whole fast my sister made me watch jaws when i was six um and so that really kicked off um i i think what's interesting is is it's about this is something i would like to redefine when people say they're scared of sharks they're not scared of sharks they're scared of being um eaten that's a different thing because um, it's a primeval fear that we have as humans that we don't really 
have to worry about because we're the top of the food chain. And so that is something that I think that has just caught people's imagination so kind of vividly um, that we just have that in our brains. That's the first thing that conjures up. And yeah, he did a, he did a good number on them <laughs> pretty much. And, and the numbers, just talking about numbers, are about roughly six humans die of shark bites, one of them being a diver, uh, the others being on the surface, and they're about, guesses are 200 million sharks that die every year. Well, I, I think what I really, what kind of sparked something for me, someone said, I think it was Lena, said that um, use the word shark accident. Like if you, if you use the word car attack, it's not a car, you know, it, it makes it personal using the word attack, whereas um, like a shark accident, that sounds kind of less like they're just out to get you. Um, so how we use words and how we define things are kind of, um, I think there's a lot that can be done in, in redoing that. Anyway, I mean, that's, that's you me. wouldn't call a tiger accident or lion accident uh... Either you just don't play with them, they're, they're, uh, you don't taunt them. Yeah, and I think also it's, it's um, you know, the act of getting wet being in the water can take you straight there. You know, you, you, everyone has that accessibility or, or, or kind of is, well, certainly this day and age with travel, you're, um, even if you, know that there aren't sharks in the area you could still feel that fear whereas you know realistically everyone knows that, yeah it's definitely it's just irrational but um very potent the the sort of imagery or the feeling around it all so redefining that epaulette sharks you know carpet sharks it's just so many that are just nothing actually like well not that not very they're not they're not that gray stereotype man in the suit kind of thing. I will put one up uh, onto the picture. This is the opposite I have on right now, which is a tiny little uh, seahorse. Uh, uh, Nina, wrap up, please. I'm, I'm rumbling. No, no, I, I wanted to say rumbling. that's your favorite putting your chalk on. Um, no, I, I find it really good that you're talking about shark cons conservation. And uh, as we have Christina in the audience as well from Shark Project International, she will check your numbers, Norbert. <laughs> no, but it's true. There's so <laughs> many sharks that are that die every year by humans. And um, no, it's a really good point to raise. And um, as Lena said earlier as well, that in Australia you have the sheer the, the the fear of sharks a lot more than you know when we go to the Atlantic. Here we know um, we don't have to. They, there's nothing that attack us then you know when we talk about attacking um but it's right it's a, it's the wrong word to to use because it's it is an accident but it's a very important subject to to talk about my numbers by the way are actually from shark project <laughs> <laughs> i got a really good book from them you have the book open no, in front of you. no. but um <laughs> i know it by heart i read it Oh, it's so good. Um, but Sadie, um, please let us know how people can support you, where, where oh, yes. you can buy your artwork. Um, yes, I will I will be going um, live with a website soon, but uh, all that will be Instagram is Sadie James Bubble is my handle. And the bubble is pretty much Coral Bay where I've been. So um, that's where that comes from. Um, and then in the LinkedIn, there's various options of other 
other things that you can red bubble shop i've got and um and then i'll be posting when the website is um is live i'm a bit scared about how that how you manage all of these things but um yeah that's the way forward perfect thank you so much um cole i'm just going out there i'd definitely buy that shock children's book so when it's when it's ready sign me up because right okay we um we we definitely have have a tend to buy any sort of animal books for our little one, um along the line of all owls are cool, and um, <laughs> various African ones, and there there's there's not enough out there, and especially I think what you were saying about sharks and shark conservation is definitely true. I think there's also something about them being in the water, whereas you can you know innately humans have kind of evolved alongside um, lions, tigers, things like that, that they can, can conceptualize on land, um, whereas the sea is, is a massive unknown in the first place. And then you partner that with something, as you say, that can eat you, which is an innate fear um, of yeah. humans anyway, and it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, so, no, I think, oh, good luck. It would Thank be awesome. You. Um, yeah, I guess uh, in my end, um, you know, as I said, I'm kind of really, really kind of early on in this art journey. I mean, I still, I still work full time. So I guess my my first step would be, you know, a transition that allowed me more time to work on art and something that that you know, focusing a bit more on the business side of of art and, and kind of pulling pulling that together to start bringing in um making it a bit more of something that i can see a long-term kind of working with and then um outside of that you know uh, the the possibilities are endless um i was lucky enough to go see um zoe's exhibition in the flesh and it was phenomenal um just putting it out there um but got really inspired um to kind of think about maybe doing an exhibition myself um, at some point. Um, so that's that's kind of in, in the long-term plans. Um, also would love to try and incorporate in um, part, of, part of my kind of studying to be a field guide and, and my passion for, for Africa and, and particularly Zimbabwe and, and try and maybe rope in um, taking people out there to kind of kind of see see the bush whether that whether that includes art within it or whether it, it's it will definitely include a, a kind of conservation focus you know i don't think there's enough of of a conservation focus a true conservation focus in um trips that that go out to africa it's all about you know the beauty and photographing and seeing all all the lovely stuff where um you know getting feet on the ground and going to you know take a walk through the bush and, and experience it with, without a vehicle around you, but doing, you know, an anti-poaching, not an anti-poaching patrol, but looking for snares or something like that, that's, that's kind of actively um, showing people the issues on the ground, but also in a really nice way. Having spent a lot of time walking in the bush, there's, there's nothing, nothing better or nothing nicer. And I'd love to kind of be able to share that with a lot more people. I think it would definitely, um, definitely change minds a lot. Um, 
so yeah those those are all kind of long-term plans um in terms of kind of my stuff uh best best kind of first port of call to get to get hold of me is is instagram like a lot of other people um cole.sterling on instagram um I also have a, a website. It's one of the one of the only things I do have um, in terms of the commercial side, um, and that's uh, callsterlingart.com. I, I think it's in my Instagram. Um, I'm quite bad with keeping up with social media and where everything is, so I'll definitely check that and make sure the links on there. Um, and then uh, also partner with um, a conserva- conservation charity called. Um, Invictus, which runs African wildlife art, um, and on their website, there's there's quite a few of my pieces available um, to purchase through them, um, and a portion of those sales, at least 50%, goes kind of directly to Invicta, um, who do a lot of work, um, you know, with vulture projects, um, protecting vultures, and, and kind of looking after them. Um, they've got a turtle project based in Kenya. They work with um the Savo Trust in Savo National Park um to kind of help them out. I think they've just taken on um the leopard monitoring project in South Africa. Um and then uh, a couple of my other pieces are available on David Shepherd. Um and I mean they do amazing work. I, I think a lot of people know about David Shepherd, but they do unbelievable work for kind of wildlife conservation. Um so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Um, Norbert, um, do you have any any rooms coming up, any plans, anything you want to say? Famous last words? No. I'm <laughs> thrilled, uh, as, as always, uh, about uh, the room and the artist. And now that they've put up uh, uh, all kinds of pictures, please, everybody who's watching, pull down to refresh uh, so you see all their um, amazing little pieces of art. I put up a carpet shark, one of those that Sadie mentioned. It's called a Wobbegong. And uh, uh, I sent uh, Sadie a message. I hope she's new to uh, this. She will, she will find it. Uh, movie I can recommend. Nina has met the author. It's 700 Sharks. It's also uh, a great uh, Laurent Ballester. book that comes with it from Laurent Ballester. Yeah. He's done a 24-hour dive there. And the place is great to dive as well if you need new inspirations. So thanks for a great evening. I'm inspired for sure. You're inspired and you want to officially apologize to Christina and me for not seeing us at the boat Düsseldorf when we were at the It's same It's only because you didn't tell me you were there on that day. That, that was really a nightmare. We were so wanting to bump into one another and then missed out. Oh well, yeah, we're coordinations, but really happy I met Christina in person there. At um, least so her, just... right? You could, Norbert wasn't that, but at least I met her. Uh, she does that exactly. to me for several years now. No, yeah, yeah. More important. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Zoe, um, do you have anything coming up? Um, how can people support you? And thank you so, so much for co-hosting tonight. Uh, really enjoyed um, hearing from you again. And yeah, please, please tell us. Well, thank you so much, Nina. It's been such a pleasure to be here and listen to everybody. And um, yeah, just have a little bit of a... A chance to share a bit about the exhibition and all of that project because yeah it's it's very strange now that it's over but it's amazing to hear that um it's sort of inspired people and hopefully can carry on doing that so i will be continuing to kind of um push as 
for lack of a better word, um, all of these pieces, I think um, I think about 12 of them of the originals have found new homes. So that's amazing that that's 12 species that have then had a donation um, going directly to conservation work for them. So that's cool. So yeah, I've got loads more because obviously 100 pieces of artwork. Um, it's quite it's quite a stack <laughs> um, but other than that I will be continuing to do lots of wildlife pieces I am lucky enough to be an ambassador for the same charity call as um, Invicta so all of those charities and projects that he mentioned I'm also supporting through artwork with them um, with at least 50% going to them and then yeah there's just loads of stuff in the pipeline I'm trying to do as much as I can to center all of my work around conservation. So whether, even if it is a commission or uh, a piece for a, com a competition or exhibition or anything like that, just always to have the, um, the center of it being about conservation to kind of keep people um, interested in, and asking questions and kind of thinking a little bit more about it rather than it just being about painting a picture of a lion or something, you know, it just always has that, um, message so yeah i'm pretty active on instagram um facebook i'm on um various other places um if, i'm sure there's other places you can find me i've forgotten all of them now but yeah um, instagram's the best place and i'm always happy to answer questions if people want to reach out and very happy to chat so thanks again for having me Oh, thank you for being with us. So um, Chris just sent me a message saying he's very sorry he had to leave early. Um, so just um, for Chris, um, you can see in his profile his um, Instagram and um, you can find his work there and support him as well. Um, so for myself, just wanted to say I just finished um, the project with the Shark Trust, which is going to reunite or to unite 31 shark-loving artists, so it's um, Oceanic 31. And this is going to happen this year and next year, which I'm really excited about um, to be part of. Um, so I'm sure in the next Artivism chat we will hear lots more about that. Also, I was wondering if um, we should have an Artivism chat um, again with shark artists. Um, so I think there's uh, much need there for more... Um, for more help to the for the sharks so there are more um artivism chats coming in this um term um so there's one next month which is on the 15th of march and then uh one in april so we have um, two more planned for this season and um then also co-hosting a, a wonderful um drawing challenge um which is coming in earth day um i think it's in april don't know the date exactly but it would be amazing if all of you lovely artists um, participate because it's um, their prompts and um, it's to draw for our planet and to raise a lot of awareness so that will be very exciting and yeah so it's almost been two hours I'm very very thankful for your time and being here and sharing your story and your artwork I'm very very pleased um, so a huge thank you and um, just gonna close the room and just um yeah and please come back everybody <laughs> please come back and listen to the to the next artism chat and thank you so much for um the lovely artists that like claire Nic uh, nicola and Christina who joined us in the previous chats that they were here the whole time and listened to this artism chat and deadlift as well he just left but thank you so much really appreciate it and you can listen to the old chats at the bottom to the exactly. previous ones 
they're all recorded and um, you can find them under our profiles um, on the on, under my website artivism chats they're all linked there so a huge thank you and have a good evening <laughs> so bye everyone thank you everyone nice to meet you guys thanks very much guys bye, bye. thank you bye good night bye good night